0: great God that we serve. And as we continue to worship this morning, no matter what the enemy throws at us, what's getting on our way, we're going to push that to the side and just give up our wholehearted praise to our Lord and Savior this morning. So let's just continue to worship Him. so great. We are so thankful for your never-ending power, Lord. God, we are struggling, we are hurting, but you are there to lift us up, to strengthen us. You are never going to forsake us, never leave us, Lord. God, I just pray that for those out there, lost, looking, God, they, they would find that love that you are pouring out, waiting to lift them up. Hold them, Lord. Lord, just be with us as Travis brings us the word. In your son Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.
1: You may be seated. Good morning. Oh, you know, Satan tries his best to distract us and take us off of where we're supposed to be at. Uh, He said, I'm going to send rain to where you can't have the egg hunt. We're going to have the egg hunt. He says, I'm going to send rain so uh, you can't have online services. We figured it out, and we're online. Um, You know, he wants to distract, he wants to destroy, but our God is greater. And that's what we're going to hold on to. So a couple of quick announcements I want to go over with you. I know that Justin mentioned those to you, just want to go over. Number one, MOVE, if you are in uh, our our youth program of MOVE from 6th to 12th grade. You can head on over. Mr. Jared's over here. We'd love to have you uh, go over and hang out with the youth room and, and the youth that, as they are uh, in the youth room. So I encourage you to go ahead and head over there. Again, we are having the egg hunt. Uh, we're just going to move it inside, okay? So what we're going to do is um, as soon as service is over, we need you to go get your kids out of the preschool program and out of the kid zone area. Um, and, and adults, we need some help. We're gonna take up this middle section of chairs, only this middle section of chairs. We're just gonna stack them all up, we're gonna push them to the sides, um, and we're gonna turn them around to where the backs are facing out, that way the kids don't try to climb on them. They will try to climb on them, okay? Even adults try, Um, it's sad. Um, I fell the last time, it was horrible. Um, But we're gonna take this middle row, we're gonna push it over to the side, that way, that they can come in, they can hide the eggs and get them all hid. Uh, the kids' zone, kids, uh, K through fifth grade, they're going to meet in here, and we're going to do uh, their egg hunt in here. The preschoolers are going to go to the kids' zone. Um, so we're, we're moving things around, but we're going to make it work. There's coffee, there's donuts out there. I encourage you, uh, if you haven't received your communion, we will take communion at the end of the service. Uh, we have it on both of the back stations and on the sides. Um, you'll have an opportunity to, to get that at the, at the end of the service here um, this morning. Uh, after hours tonight, um, we are keeping an eye on the weather. Um, there's some crazy weather, thunderstorms that are coming in. Um, Christy said there was a chance that maybe we would have a tornado, um, but we're, we're not going to have a tornado. It's okay. All right. Um, we might. I know. I don't know. Um, But uh, we'll we'll keep you updated, but uh, we are having the after hours, fourth and fifth grade. Um, Really looking forward to that um, for our fourth and fifth graders this evening as well. Youth, uh, the MOVE are still going to meet this evening. Uh, We are excited about Holy Week. Again, I know Justin talked about that, but I encourage you um, to to plan to come this week. So uh, Thursday night, we're going to have a a Last Supper uh, setting. We're going to set up here in the middle, um, and and we're really just going to walk through what that Last Supper is. Would have looked like. That service will not be online, Uh, but then we'll have our Friday, our our Good uh, Friday service Uh, will be here and it will be online. Both of those will be at 7 o'clock. So I encourage you, 7 p.m. Thursday night, Friday night. Plan to come. Let us know if you're coming, especially if you're going to have little ones. That way we can be prepared for them. But even adults, we just need to know because we have some really um, exciting and cool things uh, and we want to make sure that we have plenty of places set up uh, for our Thursday night. So let's dive into our message this morning. So we're taking a break from Mark uh, for this week and next week for Easter um, but we're gonna be looking today at the triumphal entry. Uh, what happened uh, as Jesus prepared to go to Jerusalem and, and what led him to that point. Now I don't know about you, but I love watching movie bloopers. That there are, there, there's just something about it, like uh, um, if you've ever watched Liar Liar with Jim Carrey, um, the whole movie is great, But the end is the best, because they show all of the different bloopers that he does, and and they're hilarious. Uh, And and there's different ones that have happened. Uh, I I remember there was a movie uh, that was set in 1948, starring Jack Nicholson, um, and there was an ATM in the background. (laughs) ATMs weren't invented yet. Um, One of the other things, uh, and one of the movies that I absolutely love is, um, sorry, Days of Thunder, Tom Cruise. Yeah, there's a scene where he talks about having an injury, and at one point um, he has a bruise on the right side of his face, and then it moves to the left side of his face, and then it moves back to the right side of his face, and and then you see things where you know they have a red solo cup in their hand, and then it's a blue solo cup in their hand, and and all like I, I love seeing just those different things, and I look for him to to see all of those things. I think the crowd on that first. Palm Sunday, thought that they were watching the movie Blooper. Because could this really be how this is all going to happen? I mean, when you stop and think about it, this wasn't what they had planned. Especially for those 12 disciples. They have been walking with Jesus. They have been spending time. Three and a half years, they have devoted themselves to Jesus. And he's talked about being the Messiah. And when they think Messiah, they think King David they think ruler, they think someone that's going to bring power, and, and, and they're ready. I, I mean, they've already been arguing about who's going to sit on his right and his left, and, and so when this all happens, they go, are you sure? Like, is this really what was supposed to happen in, in, in all of this? But what we're going to find out is that Jesus was following the script exactly as it had been written. So, what we know about this, Jesus has left Galilee. The, the, he, had been, he had spent his time in, in Capernaum it, around the Sea of Galilee, but now he's moving. And, and he has moved away from the, the Galilee area. He's headed to Jerusalem, and on his way to Jerusalem, he he stops in Jericho. And we're actually told that uh, he is around the area of Jericho, and and he's going to perform some miracles, and and he's going to get to have a meal and talk with Zacchaeus, the wee little man. And and, and so Jesus is, he's headed to Jerusalem, and, and Luke makes it abundantly clear, nothing Nothing was going to stand in Jesus' way of getting to his final destination. He never lost sight. Even though he was doing ministry, even though he was still performing miracles, he was doing all of these great things, he knew where he needed to go. He knew that he had to head to Jerusalem. So let's get, before we jump directly into the scripture, let's give just a little bit of background of of what was taking place here. First, everyone knew, all of the Jews knew that the Messiah would be enthroned in Jerusalem. The Old Testament makes it very clear that the coming king would do his main work in Jerusalem, the city of David. Since the Garden of Eden, all of heaven and earth have been waiting for this very moment. They were waiting for the Messiah to come into Jerusalem for the very last time. The scarlet thread of redemption weaves its way through Scripture and it will cultivate on Good Friday and ultimately on Resurrection Sunday that we're going to celebrate this coming week. Second, the Passover feast was just about to begin. The Jews would have all descended into Jerusalem. And there's estimates, uh, estimates that say over 2 million people. The city of Jerusalem was around 100,000 people. Okay? It, was, it was pretty big. But it would swell during the Passover feast. 2 million. Some scholars even say it could have made it up to 3 million people that would come to Jerusalem for Passover. And on the Passover, the, the fiscal lamb is, is slain this is the way that it was done all the way back in, in the book of Exodus. Uh, this was their yearly reminder that the Israelites had been brought out of captivity. They had to, to, to slay the lamb. The blood would be um, shown for, to provide deliverance for them. Now Jesus is the lamb of God. We go back to John chapter 1 and that's exactly what John the Baptist says. Behold the lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of Of the world. He is going to pay the ultimate price for the redemption of our sins. Number three, Jesus had recently performed a number of spectacular miracles. The greatest of probably all of these is Lazarus. And the moment that Lazarus has been raised from the dead, at that moment, the Pharisees were set their minds to kill Jesus. They wanted nothing more. To do with him. So the moment was right. The Passover was about to take place. Jesus was headed to the capital city. The people are excited. They're pumped up because they're looking forward. Like this is the time. If ever there was a time for the king to come, this was going to be the moment. They couldn't wait for the king to come and to redeem them and set them free from the Roman rule. In contrast, the religious leaders, they were intent on putting Jesus to death, and they felt like this was the right opportunity. This was it. So, as we jump into our passage, Luke chapter 19, if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. It will be on the screens um, behind me. But I see four ways in which we can welcome the king this morning into our lives. The first way that we welcome the king is in obedience. In obedience. We welcome the king with our obedience. So when we jump into Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 28, the text says this, And when he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. Now, again, I picture Jesus walking ahead of the disciples. I mean, he had, if you've ever seen a toddler that knows that they're going to get something, they and, and it's my little one, my granddaughter, she comes walking in to Papa's room because mom just told her no. And she's intent. She walks in and she's ready to come in. And she's, Papa, mommy said no. You're like she, She's ready to tell. Okay, I see Jesus with that mindset. He's walking ahead of the disciples. He's walking ahead. And they're kind of lingering behind like, is this really Jesus? Like, I don't think that this is quite the time. I truly believe Jesus couldn't wait to complete his task. He knew the time was right. He knew it was going to be painful and it was going to hurt. But it was exactly what he was called to do. And in Luke chapter 19 verse 29, it tells us that the disciples arrived in Bethany, about two miles away from Jerusalem. In John chapter 12 verse 1 it says this, Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Now, the next day was Sunday, and that's where we find ourselves today on um, the day of the triumphal entry. Jesus began his final walk into Jerusalem on this day. And at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he called for two of his disciples. And he gave them a very special assignment. We read, at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples. Now, the Mount of Olives has a lot of significance. This is where Jesus is going to give his Olivet discourse. It's where he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it's where he, in Acts chapter 1, verse 12, is going to ascend into heaven. In verses 30 through 31, the two disciples are told this. Jesus says, go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, you shall say this, the Lord has need of it. Now, we're going to dig into this one here in just a second, because everybody wants to go, oh, this is... This is supernatural, and Jesus uses his power to to say exactly what was going to take place. Well, Look at verses 32 through 34. It tells us what happened when the disciples go into town. So those who were sent away and found it, just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. Jesus spells out, specifically what they're supposed to do. And again, we love to read this as being very supernatural. That the disciple Jesus says, hey, listen, you're going to go find this cult, and you're just going to commandeer it, and they're just going to be okay with it. Have you ever seen a movie, and it's in a lot of movies, where the police officer who's in plain clothes has just wrecked his car, and he jumps out. And he stops a car or a motorcycle and he says, I'm commandeering this vehicle. How many of you would just give up your car? Exactly. No one raised their hand, okay? Like, that just probably isn't going to happen today, all right? But, but we see it in movies all the time. And, and I think most of us get it in our mind that they're just going to go commandeer this cult and, and it's just going to take place. The more plausible assumption is that Jesus had prearranged with the owners of this donkey for it to take place. It's already been paid for. And here's the thing. Back in the day, donkeys and colts, they were expensive. They were not something that was just cheap. Someone's just not going to give it up. Another important point is this. When the disciples were sent to get a colt, Jesus was putting into place a very specific prophecy that we read about in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. This was written some 500 years before this point. We read there in Zechariah 9:9, 9, 9, "Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey." Now again, we talked about those bloopers at the beginning. When someone triumphantly came into a, a, a city conquering, it was a white stallion. They came in with all of the fanfare that we're going to talk about here in just a second, but in this case, a foal of a donkey, a colt. Like, is that really what's going to take place here? But again, as we talked about, Jesus was following the script exactly you can imagine the confusion they're looking for this conquering king and here comes a messiah riding in on a baby donkey so jesus was about to enter into the city of david not as a warrior not someone who would physically conquer the roman army but he came as the prophetic prince of peace he wanted to conquer something But it wasn't the town. It was the spiritual hearts of the people. He wants to do the same thing to you and I. And when we talk about obedience, Jesus is being obedient to his Father because he's following through with what he has been told to do. But these disciples, these two disciples really didn't get it. They really didn't understand what was happening in this case. And and they could have went, wait, wait, Jesus, hold on just a second. But they said, all right, if you say so, Jesus, we'll we'll do what you say. We we don't get it, but we'll follow through. Again, two of them were just arguing about who is the greatest in the kingdom. But now, they're completely obedient to what Jesus says. They nevertheless obeyed. Are you too quick to, are you quick to obey the, the commands of Jesus? Or, or do you want to question everything? Now, is questioning wrong? No. No. Questioning is not wrong, but we still have to follow through. Because I'm sure that these disciples had a lot of questions that were really not told in Scripture, but yet they still obeyed. When we see a command in the Bible, can we question it? Sure, but do we need to follow through with it? Absolutely. And there's a lot of questioning going on today in the world in which we live today. And the problem is, is that people go, well, I'm questioning it and I don't agree with it, so I'm just going to do the opposite. Because it's what makes me feel good. But that has nothing to do with following Jesus. It's about being obedient to him. Even when we fully don't understand the plan that's laid out in front of us. The, the second thing that we need to do after being obedient is we need to offer and welcome the king with gifts. I see at least two gifts that are given within this scripture. The, the first one is told to us in verse 35, and they brought it to Jesus and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. So the disciples, they put their cloaks, their, their outer garments on the, the donkey, and, and that was kind of like the saddle for him to get on. Verse 36 says that as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road as well. Now, they willingly took off their outer garments. They laid it on the colt, and then they lay it on the ground in front of Jesus. Can you imagine the commotion that is happening as they're there on the Mount of Olives, and they work their way down into the Kidron Valley, and they work their way up into Jerusalem, laying the their, their cloaks out in front of Jesus was like rolling out the red carpet today. And that's exactly what they're doing. And this leads to the second gift, and that is the, the, the palm branches that are, are used as well, that are laid out on the road. Now Luke doesn't mention them, but in, in Matthew chapter 21, verse 8, it tells us most of the, excuse me most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. This was a very common practice of welcoming a victorious king, a victorious king that had just returned from battle. These palm branches were also a symbol of eternal life, and that's what we truly see happening here. Life-giving activity was near. Even though Jesus was going to be put to death, life-giving activity was happening our souls he was the conquering king just not the way that they saw it he was conquering the spiritual hearts and setting us all free and that's what we have to hold on to and and this is what we have to understand the colt it was expensive the the cloaks they were essential and the branches were an expression of joy so let me ask Have you welcomed the king today? Have you welcomed him into your heart? Have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Here's the thing. He's asking you for something. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be that you're going to give your life to serve him. But he says it's a free gift as well. He's paid the ultimate price for us. Are we showing our expression of joy to him? Are we cutting those palm branches in our own lives and giving that joy of adoration over to him? And and that's our third point. Welcome the king with praise. Welcome the king with praise. The the followers of the king welcome him with obedience and with their gifts, and and we see next that they welcome the king with their praise. Look look at verse 37. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Now, again, to understand The Mount of Olives sat over here, and and basically there was a whole olive patch that was on the side of a mountain, on this side. And then there was this valley called the Kidron Valley, and you would go down into the valley, and then as you came back up on the other side, it would take you up into Jerusalem. So Jesus has left the Mount of Olives. He is working his way down in, and the language here expresses that it's not just the 12 disciples at this moment. All of the people <clears throat> probably have followed, sorry, <clears throat> excuse me, have followed him from Bethany. They have followed him, and, and maybe even some of the people from Jerusalem have come out because they've heard. And again, two million people trying to fit in a, a, a town of, of, of 100,000, they're going to be spread out. And they've heard of these miraculous things that Jesus has done. So they're all there now. And they're cheering on as Jesus is coming in. The people broke out in great, spontaneous outpouring of praise. Sadly, though, this same crowd that is spontaneously cheering at this moment, in just a few short days... It's going to be the same exact crowd that is going to be yelling, crucify him, crucify him. So be careful with our praise. Listen, we have to give our praise and our adoration. We have to allow our emotions to well up and and just come out. But we also have to use our minds as well. The mind and the heart working together is what brings out the praise of adoration. It's very easy just to follow along with the crowd. It's another thing to be committed and to stand your ground. But for now, they are, are praising and they're shouting out. Verse 38 says, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. This is a quotation from Psalm 118. The phrase comes the phrase comes in the name of the Lord. It means that Jesus is coming According to the promise of God. Matthew 29, uh, 21 verse 9 tells us that they included the word Hosanna. Hosanna means to save now. There was a feeling of, of celebration. There, there was a, a just great praise and adoration that was coming out. Exaltation was just pouring out. They were anticipating what would come to pass. Again, they're going to miss the mark But they're expecting the king just to come in and they're yelling out, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Now, in contrast, we have the crowd yelling Hosanna and giving adoration. Verse 39 tells us that uh, there was something more that was happening as well. The Pharisees were very angry at what was happening. Teacher, rebuke your disciples. They knew that the crowd was declaring that Jesus is the Messiah, and he wants to rebuke his followers. I mean, this is blasphemy, absolutely not. No way that he can possibly make these claims. I mean, these claims are absolutely offensive to these religious leaders. And I love the answer that Jesus gives. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would cry out. If I tell them to shut up, if I tell them to be quiet, the rocks, all of creation is going to cry out. You know what's really cool about this is after um, Jesus takes his last breath on the cross, there's a giant earthquake and the stones are going to crack. It's almost like they were crying out in adoration. To truly see what was happening here Instead of rebuking his disciples, Jesus rebukes the Pharisees by implying that the rocks know more about what's taking place than they do. They knew the Scriptures. They had them. They had all of the prophets. They had everything directly in front of them to point to the Messiah. They knew Zechariah 9-9, yet they completely missed everything that was in front of them. So again, let me ask you. How are you praising? How are you welcoming the king into your lives? Do you have moments in your schedule in which you just stop and break out into praise? I don't know about you, but there's times that I just need it. And a song comes on, and I just yell it out. Justin would never let me get up on this stage and sing. But I'm making a joyful noise, because that's all it says. And that's what I'm doing. But I need that. And, and I, I just, I, I feel it within my very soul. And I just need to cry out. And you know, it's those times where I'm, I feel like I'm just at my lowest. Do you have times like that? Away from Sunday mornings. Listen, you need to have those times of just absolute praise during the week. Don't let this be your only time of praising the Lord. Let this be the culmination where we come together and we lift our voices together before the Lord. Let that be the culmination of your week. Let it be what fires you up to get you going for the rest of the week. Don't let that be the only point. You See, when you come in here on Sunday mornings, we come to collectively praise God, to lift it up, to cry out, To let our tears flow, to share with one another. That's what we've been called to do. And that brings us to our final point welcome him with faith. Welcome Jesus with faith. Jesus is longing for people to welcome him with obedience, with gifts, with praise, and ultimately, With our faith. As Jesus makes his way down the mountain, he he sees the entire city of Jerusalem in a panoramic view. Now, we're not told exactly where on the Mount of Olives that he was, but the the best guess um, was that it was around the Garden of Gethsemane as he comes down. And where the best guess that the Garden of Gethsemane is, there is is a, a gate directly in front that he probably had to go and as he came down the mountain he then had to as he came up it wasn't like you just walked straight up it was kind of a a little bit of a switchback couple that you would go up on the trail and you would go into the city into the gate into jerusalem but as he sees all of this tears start to flow Verse 41 says, and when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it. You know, we may be tempted to rejoice in Jesus' victory over the Pharisees. Yeah, you put them in their place, Jesus. That's right. And he, listen, he did on several occasions. But you know, Jesus never boasted about what he did. He was saddened over what took place. He was saddened because they were the religious leaders. They were the ones that should have known best. And he just cries because they completely missed what was right in front of them. He he was not coming to be respected, he was coming to be rejected, and he knew this. He sees the stunning city directly in front of him and it just makes him weep. Two million people in the city and many of them will miss who he is. In our city today, right here in Stafford and in, in Fredericksburg All all over our area, Woodbridge, Warrington, Bealton, all over the United States, churches are open, they're online, yet people continue to miss the Messiah directly in front of them should bring us to tears and and when it says here in, in verse 41 when it says that Jesus wept over it it wasn't like oh, tear it wasn't some solitary little drip out of the corner of his eye it means that he weeps openly he burst into tears he weeps aloud he sobs deeply We need to shout for joy when one person gives their life over to the Savior, but we also need to weep over those who completely miss who He is. Jesus was crying because so many had hardened their hearts before the Lord. And so as Jesus looks at Jerusalem with deep sobbing, almost choked up, this is what we read in verses 42 through 44. Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that, might, that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear down to the ground you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you do not know the time of your visitation. Jesus had offered salvation. Jesus is going to go to the cross and and this prophetic word that Jesus gives is going to take place in, in, in about 30 years because Rome is going to be fed up and tired with what Jerusalem is going to do. They're going to completely build up barricades around the entire city so absolutely no one could escape. They're gonna tear down the walls, they're gonna break in, and they're going to kill them all, and I won't give you the gory details of what would have happened to those people. Jesus says you have rejected the Messiah, you are rejecting the King, and because you are rejecting, this is what's ultimately going to happen we're told that they besieged the city for 143 days we're told that an estimate an estimated 600,000 adults and children were slaughtered the temple was completely torn down friends can I talk to you straight here this morning there's a very clear principle here in these words that are dripping from the tears of Jesus if you and I do not recognize the coming in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ if we do not put our faith in him there's only one other place that we can go it's not going to be a very fun place either oh hell yeah we're going to party woo! nope hell is going to be one of the worst it is going to be the worst place that you could ever possibly think eternal separation from the Lord if you have a decision that you need to make here this morning I, I, I pray that you will take this opportunity it doesn't bring me joy to say those words but there's only two places that we can go, heaven or hell. As Jesus breaks out into tears about the coming judgment for those who do not turn to him in faith, I see two aspects that should motivate us to put our full faith and confidence in Christ for our forgiveness. Number one, his tears reveal his heart of compassion towards you. Jesus has compassion for you in your life right now. No matter where you find yourself, he loves you. He has compassion for you. He has love for you, mercy for you. He will offer you his grace. But Travis, you don't know what I've done. You don't know the mess that I've made of my life. And guess what? I turn around and say, you don't know the mess of my life. I've messed up a lot. But he has set me free. And I'm so thankful that for that. And the second one is the coming terror reveals his holiness. Earlier in Luke's gospel in chapter 16, a, a rich man dies and, and he goes to hell and, and he deals with the terror and the torment of the entire eternal fire. He begs for someone to go back to his family and just to let them know what it's really going to be like. He is now motivated to let his family know. And, and Jesus says, uh, uh, Lazarus says, I'm sorry. No one can go back. Abra- <clears throat> sorry, Abraham says, sorry, you can't go back. Which one of these will spur you on if you have never accepted Jesus as your Savior? i i pray that either his compassion will or the ultimate terror will maybe it's a combination of both for me it's a combination of both i want nothing to do with hell but more importantly i can't wait to get to heaven because it's going to be awesome because i'm going to be with my lord jesus for all of eternity and and so as we prepare to go into this holy week we're, we're sending out devotions for each day of the week we're looking forward to our services to celebrate that last supper and what would have taken place But we're going to remember Good Friday and what happened through the trials and, and, and what went through those last 24 hours of Jesus life and then we're going to meet here next Sunday for Resurrection Sunday and we're going to worship together we're going to give adoration to the King of Kings I can't wait He will bring you peace if you allow him to. But you have to allow him in. If you're here this morning and you need to make a decision, I want you to know that I'll be in the back, our elders will be in the back. We would love to talk to you about what it means to give your life over to Jesus Christ. If you need prayer in your life, just ask that that you come to the back and you find us. We would love to talk with you, to walk with you, to help you, to pray with you, to pray alongside of you you say hey i want to serve as uh, a member of stafford county christian church i want to find a way to get involved come to the back and, and meet with me we'll talk about membership we'll find a way to get you connected there's so many activities that you can find a way to get connected into the kingdom and lastly every week we talk about this who's your one more who can you invite to come and be with you next sunday morning who can you invite to watch with us online? Share the Facebook stream. Come and, and worship the King. We would love to have a packed house. I'm probably going to have to send out a, uh, an email this week saying how many people are coming next Sunday. I love seeing this. This is awesome. And I'm hoping that I have to say, hey, we need two services for next week. Because we have that many people that are going to come and they're going to worship and we're going to be together. And I'm looking forward to that we're gonna take communion and, and if you haven't received your communion it's in the back or on the sides I want you to remember the words of Jesus Paul says this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 23 through 24 for I have received from the Lord what I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this In remembrance of me in the same way also he took the cup after supper saying this is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes let's pray Almighty Father I thank you so much for the gift of your son I thank you so much that he knew the direction that he had to head that he had to go into Jerusalem. All the miracles, all of the the, the amazing things that he did, all of the teaching that he did would have been for naught had he not made his way to Jerusalem. That he had that triumphal entry to go into the city. that he ultimately on that Friday went to the cross for our sins and we celebrate this communion to remember that sacrifice but father we know that Sunday was coming the disciples didn't know it they didn't get it but we know on that Sunday that he resurrected your son raised from the dead and I'm so thankful for that Father, if there is someone here that needs to make a decision, there's someone that needs prayer that they will seek us out. We pray this in your Son's name. Amen.
0: said, uh, if you have a decision to make, don't wait to do so. Go back there, talk, speak with him, speak with an elder. Uh, If you want to become a member, just have something you're struggling with, you know, reach out to us. That's what we're